The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the latest episode of Star Trek Prodigy called Ghost in the Machines. Machine, singular, machine. For no good reason. <laughs> For no good reason. <laughs> I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Folks, be sure to follow The Secrets of Star Trek in Apple Podcasts, your Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, any of your favorite podcast apps, or at the StarQuest YouTube channel where you can see us in video and make sure you hit the bell to get notifications because YouTube, for some reason, doesn't want you to watch the things that you subscribe to. <laughs> or <laughs> That seems to be the explanation. In any case, uh, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. Also featuring the three of us called The Secrets of Doctor Who. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who. So, Jimmy, can we get a recap of what happens in this episode? Last time we learned a lot of backstories, and this time we get a holodeck malfunction episode because no Star Trek series is complete without a holodeck <laughs> malfunction episode. The kids have been uh, running simulations on how they could make contact with the Federation without releasing the living construct's computer virus on them. But the sim simulations aren't going well, and they discuss the idea of abandoning their quest to go to the Federation. The kids shut down the holodeck, but strange things start happening, and they realize the holodeck is malfunctioning, and they're still inside, just like in that TNG episode with Moriarty. Holodeck Janeway, or Hollow Janeway, is outside trying to help them, and at one point, Dal gives her his command code to shut down an imminent danger since the safeties are off and the kids could get hurt. The program they're experiencing is a mashup of different holodeck programs the kids enjoy using, and it's designed to take them to New Vertiform City. I mean, it's built around <laughs> a mysterious program that Zero plays. They decide to play along since an exit always appears once the mystery is solved, and we go through a bunch of simulated environments that are being mashed together. Eventually, Zero realizes that this isn't just a computer malfunction, it's too purposeful for that, indicating that a plan is at work. Zero also deduces who is responsible, Hollow Janeway herself. The kids, and so the episode suddenly turns dark. The kids confront her, but she has no memory of triggering the program. She realizes, uh, or they realize, that she's actually under the influence of a background program installed by the Solemnites. The ship is meant to go to the Federation, and as long as the kids were doing that, the program remained dormant. But when they gave up on going to the Federation, the program activated and caused Janeway to trap the kids in the holodeck. The program then created a threat to get Dal's command code out of him. Now that, the, now that they're out of the holodeck, the kids go to the bridge and discover that they have left the neutral zone, that biological Janeway's ship is bearing down on them, and they're locked out of the controls. Completing her face-heel-face turn, Hollow Janeway is horrified and expresses 
how profoundly sorry she is. The end. Mm. So but is she? <laughs> <laughs> I like that they went it's, there. It, your yeah. programming just makes you say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like that they went there. Like the, there's a fatal flaw w- with with the, with having a hollow program as your key as your friend. They didn't. Re- I don't think mm-hmm. they ever did this in Voyager with the Doctor. But that's like yeah, a, they, they they would break him and make him yeah. a threat, but not yeah. not have him manipulated quite this I mean they also had people reprogram him yeah but but there wasn't like a long standing he's always been this way mm. now now we we have to say this in the 21st century we have things called firewalls that keep our computers <laughs> separate separate why did yep. Starfleet stop doing this? And we also have things called antivirus that keep things like, you know, background programs that shouldn't be there that affect your computer. You well, know, why why don't they have antivirus? Why doesn't Hologene we have an antivirus? You know, that could be her immune system. Well, they didn't know. They didn't even know. I mean, you know, we lost a lot after World War Three <laughs> yeah. because when the Binars were um, were taken over the Enterprise in season one of Next Gen, they didn't even they didn't know any. They didn't even know what a virus was. They had to call it a destructive data pattern or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, I will. I could headcanon it that the the. Because the Solemnites, the Diviner and his people, they had yeah. the Prometheus, not the Prometheus, they had the Protostar and installed the construct in it. They would have wanted to remove firewalls and any other antivirus and that sort of stuff. I know. This, this, is, work, this is the usual yeah. usual complaint against Star Trek whenever they start doing dealing with computer stuff. There yeah. are things that we have today that the writers just kind of go, hey, we're not going to worry about that. Now, TNG kind of give them a little bit of a pass because the was word early. computer virus was not in the common lexicon at the time. Yeah. It was but still early now days. it's like, there's, there's things that anybody who's done any kind of work on even like a simple windows machine knows that yes, windows has a firewall software. It has a, a antivirus software, you know? Well, I mean, it's the fundamental problem of, of that they have in their, the way that they run things is to have artificial beings who can be corrupted through programming Mm-hmm. you running loose and running like as if they're regular people. Now I know people can be corrupted, but it's not the same thing. Like a person to be for a person to be corrupted, they have to be morally undermined. It's a fundamental change to corrupt an artificial intelligence person. Right. It's just programming. You just, well, you'll have to get into their program and rewrite some things. And that's, and that's the, yeah. Yeah. And well, that's the funny part of, of, you know, some of the AI experiments that have been going on Google and Facebook, where they put this AI out on the Internet. Yeah. And like within three days, it becomes a racist Nazi Hitler, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> which which to my mind is a good thing, because if you're going to if you're going to be developing AIs, you want them stress tested yes. and crowdsourcing that and saying, OK, try to mess this up is, right. is, is a good way because it reveals what you need to do next exactly. time. You need to, this is how a lot of technological development typically works. Like if you're developing, yeah. I, I remember reading a history of, you know, uh, atomic power reactors and uh, things like that and, and, and rocket development, and you want to break them. You want to find out what their limits are. You want to break it, figure out what failed and then fix that for the next iteration. And so it makes all the sense in the world to do that with a safely contained AI. 
Exactly. Alpha testing, beta testing, and sometimes yeah. even Charlie testing. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But I like that they went there and they show that yeah. Hollow Janeway is not, you mm-hmm. know, the god in the machine. It's not Deus Ex Machina that there, she's flawed. That you know that there's uh, problems with relying on it, and that mm-hmm. that creates interesting drama. So I'm glad they did that. And it's darker than you would expect for a fluffy kid right. show. So yeah, I right. like that. It's yep. a good writing choice. Well, I want to oh, just about real quick, you know, one, one thing they could do and they, they probably would do on more of a mainline Star Trek show is that Hollow Janeway was really being controlled the whole time. With this, it's going to be you no, know, this was something she didn't know about. And, you know, that this right. was just like I said, right, like what she said at the end, that this was background and I didn't know I did it. That's going to be the truth. That's not going to be the program manipulating her. Right. But there's that's the you know, way they could take it, too. Uh, so that they get the kids off of Hollow Janeway and to Bio Janeway instead. That would be cool, actually, if if she just became a full villain and they have to run to Bio Janeway. Yes, yep. that would be kind of cool. That would be cool. Yeah, Jimmy, you were going to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to mention the holodeck episodes of um, of Next Gen that mm-hmm. this is most directly similar to. One of them, as I mentioned in the recap, was uh, a sh- an episode called Ship in a Bottle which is one where they've created Moriarty mm-hmm. and to as a component as a holodeck character that can outthink data and he initially appears in one episode and they get rid of him by turning him off but mm-hmm. then he runs as a background program in the holodeck and he eventually decides he wants to escape the holodeck and so he traps enterprise crew members in the holodeck without them realizing that's where they are. So he simulates the Enterprise inside the holodeck Mm -hmm. so he can pump them for information and hold them hostage and get the people on the outside to start working on a way to get him out of the holodeck and stuff. And eventually they they counter trap him, but Mm -hmm. um, they simulate a shuttle in the holodeck and put him and his lady love program into the shuttle and let them explore the hollow universe before shutting off the holodeck or well (laughs) running it in a parallel device. Um, But um, which gives us a really made a moment at the end of that episode where Picard is saying, and who knows we could be ourselves just characters existing in some (laughs) device sitting on someone's (laughs) table. Mm-hmm. And they were. Because, and they were. <laughs> yeah. Um the other which I mentioned or alluded to with the reference to New Vertiform City is a um a, a seventh episode uh seventh season episode called Emergence where the the holodeck itself began the enterprise more broadly begins to function as a developing AI that gives birth to a new computerized thing. And as part of that process, it's got a mashup of different hollow programs running in the holodeck. And that's like the mashup of programs we see in this episode, Mm. um, which is all directed towards a goal. In that case, they're trying the ship is trying to get to a star that will release vertiform particles or something like that and they they can't go to the first star so they go to new vertiform city which is a different star but it's essentially it's a mashup of different hollow programs episode and that's what we had here you know speaking of moriarty i think i remember hearing that moriarty returns for picard season three 
Yeah, he's in, he's in the most recent trailer for Picard season three. They show him kind of at the end. That's going to be interesting to see how they yeah. do that. Well, we've got slap the thing on your wrist or on your shoulder, doctor, and you can walk around now. So I know. Well, in, in, I think all the compute, all the ships now that they, they've in canon said have hollow emitters throughout the entire ship. Right. Which is what the protostar has. I'm curious yep. if they've maybe they have been able to replicate the doctor's, uh, you know, uh, mobile, emitter, uh, mobile, mobile emitter. emitter. Which if but if they did, I would expect this January to have it and she doesn't. So maybe not. Mm. Um, so I so in the simulation, when they start, we have the, the usual it's a simulation, but we're supposed to not realize it until after, you know, it's, it's been going mm-hmm. uh, and they're simulating the encounter with the Dauntless. And I like the fact that they came up with the idea of using the phasers to do Morse code. Yes, mm-hmm. that was a really good idea. Yeah, because so so what they're what they are trying to do in the simulation is they're having an encounter with the Dauntless, and they're using their phaser to send Morse code signals, just pulses of light. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they're doing it in Morse code, the communications medium is too simple to carry the virus. Right. And right. you're just turning on and off this laser. And that's something that it occurred to me. I didn't think of doing it with a more with a with the phasers. Mm-hmm. But in, one of the things I'd been thinking about is they could just use signal lights. Right. Yeah. Because signal lights are backup. We use them on ships today in yeah. case of communications failure. We have signal lights we can communicate with and yeah. they could do signal lights, uh, which right. at, which in space you'd use a laser for. Yeah. You could well, blink could the entire use... ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just saying you would think you wouldn't even have to do that. You could just blink the light that, you know, that shines on the, the registry number on the front. Right. You know, exactly. all the ships have the one light there. They could just blink that. Yes. You could write a note on a piece of paper and shoot it out of a tube and bonk it off the nose of the, of the topless. You, you know, know it, as good as the sensors are, as good as the sensors are supposed to be, they could hold a piece of paper up to the window of the, <laughs> yeah. the front window of the protostar. Yes. There are, there are some, uh, there are some holes in the plot holes in this entire thing, which, uh, you know, so, and I wonder, well, this, which, ep- this turn at the end of this episode may yeah. be their way of preempting those. Well, mm-hmm. and that's the thing I was going to say is I wonder how much of like the, every one of these simulations they ran failed. Well, I wonder how much of that is due to hollow Janeway sabotaging them so that they would have to keep doing this mm-hmm. thing and not, and you know, and then when they do the unexpected, which is to say, well, we're not going to bother. We're disappointed and, mm-hmm. you know, having to pull back on that or something. Well, and, and one thing we could we could kind of give maybe give credit to is these are kids. They're not going to have you know, Starfleet training. They're not going to have all this knowledge. They're not going to, you know, the fact they even came up with Morse code, Yeah. you know, how many, how many kids today, even with the wealth of the internet would be able to come up, Hey, we could use this thing called Morse code. Unless they're scouts. Unless they're scouts. Well, but these uh, are all, then you also do semaphore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, we had ham radio and I got my ham radio license and I oh, had yeah. to learn Morse code and be able to key it at 11 words a minute. Well, I yeah. can attest that, uh, Scouts still learn Morse code, though. We actually have mm-hmm. to, they have to, yeah. to learn. But these are all alien kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm also not joking. I did get my ham license. Yeah. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so they're all disappointed. And then we have, like, the the usual when there's a, this transporter sort of thing, like you said, Jimmy. Or, oh, yeah, she suggests rest. So the, they, they, they've decided to abandon the effort. And so she suggests they go rest. They've been working too hard. Uh, Jankum, of course, comes up with the idea of having an ice cream party to lift their spirits because 
ice cream. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then weird stuff starts happening, uh, which caused them to realize they've never left the holodeck. Now, was that, um, how, I'm trying to, how to refer to it, uh, tainted Janeway yes. luring them yeah. back into the, the story? They never, they never left the holograms. In, the holodeck. You see at the yeah. end, yeah, or the holodeck, yeah. Right, right. It's, they, yeah, so, I, that's what I was saying. But but they never yeah, left. She, but she, 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 she her directions, as we later saw, to the holodeck were create a program that will keep them busy. Okay, and right. so that's that's why they the weird stuff starts happening. It's keeping them busy. Right now, at first, Janeway's explanation was subspace blah 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 interfering, which I was I was like kind of a little disappointed because that's. Sort of, yeah. You know, uh, I thought here we go again. Yeah, typical yep. track. Just make make some stuff up, but that actually was you know a little made up because it wasn't really what mm-hmm. was going on. So I like that in, in retrospect. Yeah, that's one of the things. This episode really does a turn on you because initially it appears to be a here's a fun adventure episode where the holodeck breaks again, right? And mm-hmm. and you're expecting the lazy, sloppy writing at the beginning. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh, wow, this is serious. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I like that very much. I like that subversion of expectations of, OK, here's a boring holodeck malfunction episode. And then it suddenly turns out to be important. Right. Right. <laughs> I did like that. Um, they do take a moment where Rock explains how the holodeck works, which is what you'd expect from a show aimed at introducing kids to Star Trek and my mm-hmm. own ki- so I watched this episode with my kids I was telling telling you guys earlier and this was helpful <laughs> so I didn't have to explain Let's pause and explain what a holodeck is and what's going on it explained it for them so that was really nice that we had that little bit of explanation in there and, and, how and they took the explanation right from the technical manual the the TNG technical manual oh <laughs> right nice <laughs> so it, awesome. so it, there's a, there's a couple of things in this episode that actually have come from the old books yeah, you know, there's Including a map the, later the, on the that shows that. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, they, they like with the lower decks writing staff, the prodigy staffs really seems to be they're Star Trek fans who wish to mine the canon for all the mm-hmm. good stuff. And again, if you're trying to introduce a new generation to Star Trek, which is what prodigy's goal is, mining the canon and bringing all that cool stuff out is, I think, a, a great idea. So if we're going to say weird stuff happened, we should, probably should mention at least one weird thing that sure. happened. And there were several, but at the beginning, one of the weird things is they go out into the hall and there's this incredibly cute, clearly, <laughs> clearly designed sentient creature that uh-huh. Rock immediately recognizes as something called a glitter smooch, <laughs> glitter and smooch. which is, you know, the girliest thing ever. And it looks kind of like a really girly Pokemon character. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and it and, and that's what it is. She she plays. Yeah. A, we learn that she plays a program. Uh, called Delta Heart Veterinary Hospital, yeah. where they clear, care, where she, I guess, is a doctor or nurse that cares for these incredibly girly Pokemon characters. Yep. One of them is known as Glitter Smooch. Yes. And later we meet another one, which is, um, it, it's kind of like a, it's called a Sparkle Sea Hugger. And it's a, it's like a giant Kraken that will hug your ship to death. Yep. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's another they're they're kind of basketball shaped with accoutrements stuck on them. 
Yeah. Um, but going out into the hall, I know I would be surprised if I went out into the hall and saw one of these things. I think it was Jankum who saw it. He said, why is this thing making kissy faces at me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the uh, Delta Heart Magical Veterinarian Program. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. like a lot of these like kids casual games they have on the phones, you know, just uh, mm-hmm. like very really fluffy. Like yeah. Pokemon doctor. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. So and then they end when they go in to the holodeck inside the hol- the holodeck program, uh, it's running a uh, zeros mystery detective. Pro- it's a Sherlock Holmes program essentially. Well, it's sort of a kids mystery solving society thing, and mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. it's like when it's called the cellar door society, and it's it's like those games that actually adults play, where mm-hmm. it's like you go to a dinner party. And someone has subscribed to a service and they have a box full of clues yeah. that yeah. you're supposed to go through one at a time and you're assigned roles and you do. And it's like that, only yeah. it, it very much reminded me of those real world games, which I've never actually played, but I gather they're popular. Yes. And um, and Zero is all into it. And in fact, he's so into it. He is annoyingly into it. <laughs> and. And the the other characters keep dumping on the mystery and how lame it is, which is their way of hanging a lantern on how lame this mystery is. <laughs> um, but uh, but zero is it, it, this was I, I I mean, I for me, it was a flaw in the writing. It might not be for someone else, especially a kid watching this. But mm-hmm. zero is just way too enthusiastic about this mystery. <laughs> well, yeah, they get uh the envelopes of the clues come flying in through the, the mail slot in the door and they land on the floor at their feet. And that's when zero says the mystery is a feat. <laughs> get yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Mystery get, the pun in. <laughs> get the pun in, get the pun. Um, and it turns out that uh, they have to la- layer all of the sheets of paper together. And they, so if this was written for an adult, like their reactions would seem silly. Like, of course, it's it's not gibberish is a clue, you know, put this mm-hmm. figure out how they work together. But for kids, you have to really spell it out. And so then they, they have to spend some time figuring out that they have to stack them up. And as you look through through it, it creates it's like a puzzle pieces yeah. and it creates a skeleton key. It's the case of the lost skeleton key. I love how Jenkins was about ready to torch his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, we we then go into Jankum's program, which yes. is a street fighting program where he gets to beat up on on regular size uh, Tellarites. Tellarite well, not just regular size, <laughs> not just regular regular size. It was Doctor Gnome, the you yeah. know the Tellarite doctor. Oh, repeated. right. That's what it is. Because he was so offended by how he was <laughs> yes. being uh, uh, being attacked. You know how he how Doctor Gnome just kind of dismiss, dismisses him. Oh, you're just a runt. And With walks the, away, you know, the 80s action movie soundtrack to it. I don't know if you guys noticed yeah. that, but it, it oh, was yeah. very much like um, either Karateka, which was the old video game. Or mm-hmm. What was the what the arcade one? Uh, Mortal Street Kombat Fighter. or Street Mortal Fighter. Kombat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was yeah. basically a takeoff on that. And this is where they realize the safeties are off and they give Janeway Dal's command code to eliminate a physical threat to them. Right. Yeah. Because. The safeties are always off. <laughs> That's how we create yeah. drama in the holodeck. Uh, so and then uh, they have to run off. And one of the bikers has the tattoo 
of the skeleton key on his chest. And so they have to chase him down. Oh, oh, oh. And it says the key club. And so they then go to a nightclub that right, is called the key, the key club. But everything turns black yep. and white, like a film yep. noir. Right. And it, it's, it's essentially, it's like a 1930s nightclub during prohibition. It's a right. speakeasy, but with musical <laughs> entertainment. And it turns out that Murph is like a little Fred Astaire. Uh, well, or I'm sorry, a little Frank Sinatra, only right. maybe he's lips. Murph sings yeah. is the point. Yes. Murph sings yep. like a like a nightclub singer. He's very much like Frank Sinatra. He's or got a Vic. little Frank Frank Sinatra <laughs> hat or well, yeah. And, you know, Vic Fontaine. Vic Fontaine. Um, but uh, they do. And the, the kids are amazed that Murph can sing. Yes. Uh, because normally he just makes cute bloopy noises. But um, they do leave open the possibility. Maybe he's just really good at lip syncing. So we yeah, don't yeah. they don't confirm that Murph Murph can really sing. I think it's still yeah. leading to there's more to Murph than meets oh, the yeah. eye. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So because Murph's not and, just the cute, cute, cute thing that yeah. bloop, bloops around. By, by the way, the song that he uh, he's saying is something they licensed online. You can go yeah. online to a site called Song Trader and oh, listen really? to it. Oh, wow. It's smile and forget it. Smile. That's awesome. Um, so Gwen, by the way, is she's kind of, uh, you know, I don't, I'm trying to, she's trying to deal with it all and goes to the bar where it turns out the bartender is looks like her father, the diviner. Mm-hmm. Um, she orders a Jumja tea, by the way, which yeah. we know Jumja from, from Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Right. Um, and and she at first is thinking, oh, my father, we did a holodeck of my father, which we saw them do a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. So his image has gotten mashed in here, too. Yeah. Right. And, and he's being nice to her. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's not playing her father. He's just right. playing a bartender. He just and it is, like jo- yeah. it is John Noble um, doing mm-hmm. the voice. But um, she's telling him about, oh, you know, you look like my dad and he's mean to me. And he's like, oh, well, sounds like you need to chart your own course. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, that this is when they start to ask, you know, why is the holodeck merging these particular programs like why is mm-hmm. it and that's so we're starting to, this is when we start to unravel what's really going on and they give us a little statistical argument it goes by very briefly but they point out in fact i think it's rock that points out there are thousands of programs mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. its database why do we keep getting programs that are relevant to us yes exactly there must be an intelligence behind it and so the escape from this particular uh, hollow program turns out to be uh, through the key. There was a missing piano key. It's not p- missing so much as just broken. Yeah, it's yep. like a it's like a dead but key. They, they yeah. call it a missing key. And right, because it's the lost key, skeleton key. So they end up jumping through the piano into the next hollow program, which is a pirate ship. And this is Dallas program where he has a crew who actually respects him. As he yeah. says. <laughs> and this is where they encounter the sparkle sea hugger that yeah. hugs the ship to death. Oh, I, I don't want to um, I don't want to miss the fact that before they jumped in, uh, Gwyn says, "Let's pop this blow stand." And Dell says, "I don't think that's how it goes." <laughs> that was yeah. that was a nice little line. Uh, so yes, and this they have the sea hugger monster, uh, and they ha- get another clue that they're supposed to follow. But this is where Zero cuts them off, and this is this is the big turn in the in this episode. Mm-hmm. This is the moment when mm-hmm. everything turns because Zero realizes there is no skeleton key. There is no mm-hmm. key. 
uh, and uh, there's only three lights. And so they uh, they they decide for four lights. <laughs> no, no, I thought there was never mind. Four. So <laughs> so aren't there really five lights? I think there might be. Five. There are four lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was actually I was thinking of the Money Python Holy Grail. Uh, three seconds, no forcer. So it's a ruse. I'm sorry, way off on a tangent. It's a ruse to keep them <laughs> preoccupied so they don't solve why they're in there in the first place, right? This is what we've we, we talked about before. And so Zero surmises that Hollow Janeway has a subroutine from this construct, the 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 virus, that's keeping them on their path to go to Federation space, which is kind of brilliant when you think about it that you would mm-hmm. want something in there to make whoever's running the ship whatever to whatever you have to do get this ship into contact with a with a starfleet ship it's brilliantly evil i have to say mm-hmm. so um and then because earlier like you said dal had to give uh hollow janeway his command code uh in order to put the safeties back on she then had access and we have this whole sequence where uh, they replay her logs of of her doing all these things that she doesn't realize she did, um, and that's where we have them confronted by the Dauntless, which I'm I'm still kind of thinking like from last end of last episode, how are they possibly going to progress from here with Essentia, you know, the Vindicator and the Diviner and the mm-hmm. other Dreadnought having knocked out Admiral Janeway? How is mm-hmm. this? Maybe Essentia is going to take Janeway's form or something. That or just assume command as Essentia. She, I mean, she's not. I assume she. If if I were her, so here we move into the speculation part of the show. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, if I was Essentia, I would turn back on my hollow thing that at least makes me look like a trill. Yeah. And say the captain has been incapacitated. Um, you know. Maybe she goes to sick bay or something, but anyway, she's incapacitated. I have to take charge. Well, or she could she could impersonate Janeway potentially. Yeah, Essentia's an ensign, like she's like the lowest rank, so I would assume that she wouldn't be able to take command. But the second one, I think, is the where she assumes the form of Janeway, probably more likely she, from my she, point of view. She could she could potentially do that. Yeah. Um, although that that thing she uses is not a hollow emitter. It's a gene thing. Yeah. It's right. the same gene activator that Dal had. Yeah. So she may not have the genes to impersonate Janeway. Mm. And actually, the Dauntless may be in disarray at this point. They may still be sorting out the uh the the situation with with Janeway and the diviner so they mm-hmm. may not they may not actually be a threat at right. the moment mm-hmm. the kids may have just perceived them as a threat right. which right. is one way they could get out of it once they realize the ship is not doing anything they could just zoom off or um i mean they've got their protostar drive back now Yep. So they could they could flee. They also could try Morse code. You know, mm-hmm. that yep. might have been part of why they showed us that was to set us up for the kids eventually using it. Yep. There's basically two stories left. There's one episode and then a two part finale. So we're yep. coming to a head. So whatever's whatever's gonna happen mm-hmm. is gonna happen, I think, in the next, you know, three episodes that are aired. So um yeah, I yeah, I, I think that's plausible that the dauntless is in disarray at this moment um and and 
whatever is going to happen is going to is 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 not going to be the usual thing that that we expect. So I, they, I think they've shown a track record of doing going beyond the standard expectation. So I think that's good. Yeah, it was kind of surprising that they didn't advance the diviner Janeway plot at all in this episode. I mean, it yeah. wasn't even mentioned. You know, because because in previous episodes they'd even do just like a little short flash, mm-hmm. or, you know, flash over to the Dauntless for like you know two or three minutes. They didn't even do that here, so we don't know what's going on there. Probably because whatever's going on there is precipitous. It's the it's it's going to bring about the final resolution of the right. whole problem. So they had to hold that off so that they you know for the the last two episodes, last two stories. Yeah. So interesting. Mind walk is the next episode. That's interesting. Okay, then, that suggests some kind of telepathic contact. Yep. And then... Oh, so Zero could be doing that, since he's yep. a telepath. That's that right. could be That could be what they try to do. Zero could be, as a telepath, he's not carrying the virus. He could try to make mental contact with the people over on the Dauntless. Mm, right. That could be interesting. And then the other one, is, and the final one, is called Supernova, which leads me to believe that maybe Protostar is going to be destroyed. Uh, in order to save the Federation. Well, maybe, or maybe they'll use it to go to the future and get Captain Chakotay and his crew. That's possible, too. Yep. Because it, it was a spatial or temporal anomaly and wormhole, basically, yep. that caused the, the, uh, caused the protostar to go back, go forward in time in the first place. Okay. All right, so we've looked at the past, we've looked at the present, we've looked at the future. <laughs> we should wrap things up. <laughs> Father Corey, any last thoughts? No, I enjoyed this one. I mean, for for uh, stuck in the holodeck one, it really was well done. And um, obviously, they did look to ship in a bottle as as kind of the inspiration. But then, like like Jimmy said, they gave it that little twist yep. where all of a sudden it turns dark. So I I really kind of enjoyed this one. Yep. Jimmy, final thoughts? Nope. All right, then let's take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Angelica G, Kirsten R, Bob R, Blake N, and Ian W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek in all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. We'd love to hear what you thought of Ghost in the Machine. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media. Send an email to trek at sqpn.com or visit our StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. And like I said before, you can watch The Secrets of Star Trek in full color video on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Media. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of Prodigy called Mindwalk. Until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thank you, and live logs and proper. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, the mystery is a feat. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission 
of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to keep producing the shows you love and to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts are tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give. May God bless you this Advent and may you have a blessed Christmas season.